Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love chatting on the program with Aaron Gregg. Uh, he is with the Washington Post. He's one of the many writers that we've been doing with a, uh, interviews with for uh, going on two years. Going series I've done with the Washington Post with their writers, and I love this series. Frankly, I love the Washington Post, and people who know me go, wow, you know, uh, it's kind of surprising, because I am right of center. If you read my work and uh, hear me on the radio, I am right of center with kind of a libertarian and I would say it's safe to say that the Post is uh, center-left, and uh, yet I, I love their work, and the reason why is there's very few publications that provide the depth and breadth of coverage that the uh, that the post does, and really, it's important for people to get different perspectives. Otherwise, they are living in an echo chamber, and you're, you're really never learning. All you're doing is confirming your beliefs. And uh, you know, what's most important is are they dealing with facts or the stories made up? And a Washington Post is always dealing with facts, even if I don't always agree with their take on the facts. I'm always getting factual, nuanced conversations. So, and I always get that from this guest, Aaron Gregg. He's uh, one of the writers, and the timing uh, is phenomenal for him to be on. Um, Aaron, I think you are a uh, maybe a closet uh, radio personality, and not even realize it because you have a lot of fun, and we can tell, and we have a lot of fun with you. Great, yeah, always fun on your show, uh, Kevin. Really appreciate the time. Got a great article on Rite Aid. Rite Aid is such a huge name here in, in Texas, not so much, uh, but uh, you know, on the East Coast in particular, um, it was a it was a powerhouse in the uh, pharmacy industry among pharmacy companies. And uh, you noted this uh, just recently in the last week or so that they have filed for bankruptcy. I I personally found this story kind of startling, even knowing that a lot of pharmaceutical companies or a lot of pharmacies, rather to be precise have been struggling in recent years. Yeah, so it's been kind of a roller coaster for pharmacies in the last three years because they had this pivotal role in fighting the pandemic where all these vaccines were mostly accessed at pharmacies. I, most people, um, you know, you'd go to your local CVS and set up an appointment, and they were really on the front lines of fighting the pandemic, and that revenue helped them as well. However, uh, since all of those services have gone away, they sort of had to face this harsh reality, which is um, we're in a very tough economy right now where consumers are very tired. Uh, their budgets are kind of stretched to the brink. And to top it all off, you basically have pharmacies playing a central role in the opioid epidemic over the last 20 years in the United States. Uh, there's been this huge problem of people becoming addicted to prescription painkillers. And pharmacies have played a uh, obviously a front seat role in that as well. They face tremendous legal liability over it and over their role in what is one of the great American crises of the last 100 years. And um, basically, in the case of Rite Aid, they were already weak enough financially that these opioid lawsuits really threaten to break their back. That's what this bankruptcy is about, is that they have such a legal overhang from basically having to account for what they did in terms of allegedly fueling the opioid crisis 
and so much debt already in such a weak financial position already that they've kind of hit a breaking point and you're going to see hundreds and hundreds of Rite Aid pharmacies closing all over the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just shocking to me. I, I uh, lived in the East coast, lived in the DC area. I think I've mentioned that to you before. Rite Aids were everywhere. Um, and so uh, such a huge brand. Uh, and of course it's taken a hit, uh, taken a hit from, um, ordering online too, haven't they? I, I know that uh, I think of Mark Cuban's company, which is relatively new, but it's had a big impact rather quickly and, and uh, many other different companies that are on the scene that uh, have made things more difficult for uh, pharmacies. And for some, some pharmacies, uh, their, their pharmacy products, their, their uh, subscription, uh, prescriptions rather, are loss leaders. You know, they're hoping you buy a gallon of milk, which is more expensive, but they'll give you a five dollar uh, uh, prescription. You know, for a typical antibiotic. It's gotten very weird. The economics of pharmacies is very weird. For sure, for sure. I, I don't know to what extent um, the online competition has played a role with Rite Aid. With them, it's more of a brick and mortar problem, uh, just because they. Um, they won't make enough money for these locations to be worth it. It's important to also remember this is not a full liquidation, uh, which would be a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. This is a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which uh, is better known as a reorganization. Basically, it's a way for them to get the legal liability off of their books and handled it through a legal process that kind of contains it and prevents it from really blooming into something that can you know, cannot be managed by them. Um, so we're going to see Rite Aid uh, on the other side of this. It's just that it may be a, a shadow of its former self. They are going to come through this process, and it's going to be a very painful process for Rite Aid and its customers. Um, whatever it is that emerges on the other side of this bankruptcy, it's not going to look like what entered this court process. Well, I hope for a sake it doesn't look like Kmart or Sears. It could. It could be that bad. Who knows? I mean, nobody can predict the future. But uh, their their financial picture is not good right now. They will, they'll admit that. They, they basically see this as a way to um, put themselves on a stable footing. And any, any analyst that you talk to about Rite Aid will call it a deeply mismanaged company that has had an unsustainable cost structure for a very long time. They've been running a lot of debt for a very long time. And and this is just kind of the breaking point. When you look at CVS and Walgreens, um, they have some of the same problems. They also have these uh, tremendous uh, potential liabilities. Uh, they also have to deal with the come down from COVID. They also have to deal with the beleaguered consumer. But they have the scale and uh, – and, and the finances to absorb that without quite as many closures. They are closing stores too. They are also suffering. But uh, CVS and Walgreens have a little bit more of a financial buffer than Rite Aid and um, appear to be weathering the storm a little bit better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, doesn't Walgreens have the same parent company as Rite Aid? Um. I don't think so. Uh, Bright Aid, Bright Aid is uh, Bright Aid is, is a different parent company, I believe. Walgreens is Walgreens Boots Alliance. Um, I'm unsure. I'd have to get back to you on that, Kevin. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, because, you, you know, I, I, I sit there and if that is true, obviously you have to worry more about Walgreens then, then uh, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, they, uh, you know, Walgreens Good Alliance, uh, let's see. Yeah, they acquired Rite Aid in 2015, actually. Or two, uh, 2000, uh, oh no, they, they cut back, they only own part of it. They don't own all of it. So, uh, partial parent company. Uh, so yeah, but you know, I sit there and I wonder because it's very weird to watch, uh, the pharmacies, which seem to have been around forever, have been really, really, uh, struggling, uh, like so many other industries. They, there's a lot of hubris, I think, that are out there, Aaron, when it comes to business that look how huge we are. We can sustain so much and yet, uh, incredible how, how fortunes change. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of companies kind of hit harsh realities right now, and uh, Rite Aid appears to be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, how long, you know, you mentioned that there will be a process. Do you have any idea of how long it would be? I, I was shocked that every time Kmart made an announcement of, of more changes, uh, how many changes there were quickly, and uh, same with Sears. Uh, are you expecting uh, us to notice rapidly? I, I noticed you mentioned already immediate cl- uh, store closings in some parts of the country. So we are really at the beginning of what can be quite a long legal process. These bankruptcies can stretch on for years and years, uh, and the impact of these bankruptcies can you know, define a company for a decade or more. So we're really at the beginning of this and not the not the middle. Um, there was an announcement yesterday that uh, Walgreens is going to go ahead and start closing about 150 stores. The Wall Street Journal had previously reported that the total number of closures would be uh, around 500. That would be obviously quite a big impact to a lot of communities around the country. They're starting with this 154. Um Basically, they're going to their landlords and negotiating, saying, "Look, we're in trouble. We can't really, can't really keep this status quo going." And um, depending on how those negotiations net out, uh, we could see a lot of closures in a lot of neighborhoods. Wow, that's interesting. And so that's at Walgreens. So again, it, it, it is, um, and, and but you're saying that uh, Rite Aid was in particularly bad shape, uh, not just from a financial perspective, but poor management. Uh, but but we are seeing this beyond that. I, I find this uh, really very interesting. Um, kind, of, kind of give me a sense of, uh, you know, are there other, you know, like a domino effect that you're possibly seeing industry-wise? Um, I don't know about a domino effect. I think what we are seeing is a consolidation. You are are having um, these large pharmacy chains especially really try to take advantage of their scale to keep costs down. This is happening in a lot of industries, but uh, in this case, what you're seeing is that the overall net number of pharmacies in the country is staying roughly stable. We're not losing pharmacies on the whole. But what is happening is uh, the the big chains are cycling pharmacies out of the low-profit areas. Uh, That can be low-income areas, rural areas, black and Latino neighborhoods. They're closing those pharmacies at a higher rate than the closures that are happening in wealthier neighborhoods. When they open new locations, it tends to be places with a lot of foot traffic, a lot of 
people with uh, insurance that is uh, favorable towards them and towards the pharmacy. Uh, these are often places that already have a lot of pharmacies, um, but the, the business, you know, obviously needs to turn a profit. They need to open stores in places where uh, the store is going to bring them uh, financial fortune. And increasingly what that means is that you have these pharmacy deserts where, uh, for financial reasons, it's harder to get access to uh, the drugs that you need. Uh, this has a real impact on patients, especially older patients who might have kind of complicated needs as far as uh, medications. And a lot of these people value having a personal relationship with their pharmacist. They want to know that there's a, a human being there who knows them, knows their medication needs, and knows how to not screw it up. Uh, these people are often distrustful of corporate structures, of uh, faceless uh, entities that um, don't have a brick-and-mortar presen uh, presence. And what often happens when their local pharmacy closes is they just stop taking their medication. Um, obviously, yes. they have all kinds of health problems. So uh, there's a definite concern here of how the, the distribution of pharmacies in the country away from low-income areas can really leave low-income people in a lurch. Yeah, and they're still struggling, obviously, with, with uh, food uh, deserts and now adding uh, pharmacy deserts. That's just incredible. Yeah. Why do you files for bankruptcy amid opioid lawsuits growing debt? That's the name of the article. Uh, Aaron is the uh, co-author with it, uh, with a couple of colleagues there at the Washington Post, Aaron Gregg. Always love having you on the program. Final thoughts? Um, yeah, just thanks for having me on your uh, show, Kevin. I think it's an it's a it's a good topic to look at because it's one of those areas that the business community and the corporate sector uh, directly interfaces with people uh, in, in a way that affects you know something very fundamental such as health. Um, pharmacies are on the front lines of fighting the pandemic. They're on the front lines of basically uh, giving people what they need to live in a healthy way. Um, Hand-in-hand uh, mm -hmm. hand with doctors. And so it's important that we all sort of keep an eye on this sector uh, because it really plays a huge role, uh, almost a, a role that we take for granted in the health and well-being of our country. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to have a link, of course, to the Washington Post. Always encourage people to uh, subscribe. One of my favorite publications. I, I subscribe to a lot. I try to read a lot so I can uh, can do well at my job. And I also have links to Aaron's uh, archive as well as to this specific article. I'm Kevin Price, and this is The Price of Business.